Hi everyone, welcome back to your Pretty for a Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Salma. And I'm Iman. And I'm Saba. And today we have a special guest joining us. It's Ty from LND RBS, founder Ooh. and industry creator. LTI Why well, RBS. Can you... Sorry, I got really nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> LDN by the RBS. Okay, wait. You say it. Go on. LDN RBS. Don't worry. Every single other person does the exact same thing and they always say this. So I completely get it. (laughs) I just remember what it stands for, but the the acronym is great, but it's just what it stands for. Some people literally just say LDN and then just forget the rest and just be like, yeah. They're just London. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're going to be talking on this episode on black men's mental health. So quite niche, but we're just going to be going into the topic with our lovely guest um i'm going to start by giving some facts that i've been looking up which have been very interesting and eye-opening at the same time um for example we all know mental health has a huge stigma around it it's had a huge stigma around it for years but i feel like men's mental health has definitely been overlooked especially in, in you know our current time um but i wanted to kind of go into I know it's very sad, but kind of the suicide rates. I know it's very deep, very early on. Mm. But for example, I was looking at this article that just really, I don't know, it really affected me because it was saying in the UK in 2018, obviously, which is around a year and a half ago, there were 6,507 suicide deaths in the UK, which saw a rise of 10.9% from the year previously. But of those suicide deaths, 75% were male. which I was quite shocked by myself Mm -hmm. and it was saying that in the UK men are three times more likely to die by suicide than women which again I didn't really expect I don't know why I was just kind of like I'm guessing women and men you know similar issues but then I was like men clearly for some reason in this article was saying they don't feel like they have a way out especially because they said it was it's one of the highest causes of death for men Mm. below the age of 50 which I Mm. thought was heart attacks I don't know just the media says that Mm. to me but suicide was not on my mind as that was as number one and then I kind of started thinking about like male mental health and I know women's mental health is often spoken about with you know insecurities we've spoken about it on our show with you know Instagram and how that kind of affects women's insecurities but I feel like men's goes a bit deeper than that personally I feel like it's insecurity yes they do have body image and issues as that but also I feel like there's issues that aren't spoken about because Mm. in society men are just kind of expected to have you know amazing finance and they're just so secure Mm. in their financial aspect and you know all those songs about six figures all that and it's you know (laughs) and you know it's aspirational you know to hopefully get someone that rich and marry them but at the same time you have to think about money being tied to a man's worth Mm -hmm. sometimes as well and then beyond that it's the stigma that men can't really talk about that issue they can't vocalize that I feel yeah um I have friends my myself who tell me as guys they they're not they're not comfortable to speak about their emotions because they haven't been told to they've never felt the kind of comfort of hey you can tell us what's wrong it's usually hey bowl that up don't cry don't show your emotions you're a man be a man and then that kind of causes an emotional repression and so on and so forth which causes things like toxic masculinity but enough of me talking I'm going to pass on to you guys for now um my next question is going to be for all of you and it's why do you think men's mental health is often overlooked just as a general question um can I quickly I say, you... or or go on, Sabah? 
No, I think you uh, kind of uh, touched up on it. I just want to expand. With intersectional feminism, like um, we look at toxic masculinity within POC and black communities, mm. and yeah. that is like a massive problem because um, I think with regular feminism, white feminism, um, you know, the woman is at the forefront. She's the most oppressed in that situation, which, yeah, women are more oppressed than men. But when we look at intersectional feminism, men, black men especially, are, you know, not... Um, they're overlooked in society mm. in terms of um, so much due to systematic oppression and all of that. And so they're, they're, if, you know, a white woman and a black man go for a job interview, um, it's more likely that the white woman will get it. So in terms of, um, you know, in POC communities, that's where my issue is. It's the, I think, the stigma around toxic masculinity, um, it's more apparent. Jack, can I jump, can I chime in here? Please do. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been waiting, but I've got her. <laughs> but um, okay. So for me, initially, I'm gonna say options. I feel like options plays a massive part, and also understanding. Mm. And I feel like with males in general, I feel like I can go into black males after, but males in general, I feel like women, in my opinion, are stronger. They actually, ironically, have to deal with more, but at the same time, mm. I think they've got the they've got this ceiling of having to deal with a lot, but then at the same time, they're able to externally show that they're dealing with a lot. So it's okay to go around your girls and say, oh, I'm actually not good today. And that's just- a, Yeah, we can speak yeah, out yeah, more. That's mm-hmm. a general thing. Whereas a male, it's more of a thing of, you might have your few token friends that you can be completely honest with, but on the whole, when it comes to males, they kind of go around their um, male friends and say, no matter what they're going through in their life, if they've got that part of going, you know what, this is getting too much for me because in life, everybody goes through things, no matter who you are. Mm. So I think sometimes you might come across a male that might be feeling a certain way, but then doesn't express it. So therefore also in society, it is a thing where I think males sometimes have a built up aggression because we're almost taught Mm. to feel like we're supposed to be that way. So it almost acts in a reverse way. So it ends up being a situation where a male will act aggressively and be like, well, I can't actually express myself, so I'm just gonna lash out. And then that built up mm. energy just ends up being something I would say horrible. And then you push onto a black male now, you've not only got all of those elements I just previously said, you've also got the element of racism, everyday racism, mm. the kind of element mm. where you really are thinking it is me against the world. There's no one that is here to give me anything. I've got to work twice as hard, this, that, and the other. And mm. you said it before about a certain thing where it's socially now, you go online and all you see is the glamorous side of everyone's life. There's no one with mm. any type of issue at the moment. You've got, every single person mm. is literally showcasing how amazing they are. So I feel like for a black male, you add in all of the element of racial tension or feeling like you've got to do more, you add all of those things together. And also the young black male that looks on the TV and says, the the made up concept of black on black crime, which actually doesn't get said for mm. any it other race. It doesn't exist. Black on black crime doesn't exist, it's just crime. Term. Exactly, yeah. so therefore that young black male that sees that, as well as being a male, add all of that into a uh, melting pot, it literally just ends up being odd stacked against that person, mm. so yeah. I would even I would even add to that, um, and I wrote about this uh, just under two months ago now, um, and it's kind of this rhetoric. 
and I'm not and as you said Ty I think that initially we can kind of talk as men in full men in general you know where they kind of lack having people around them where they can have those emotional conversations with but then you've got black men who have to deal with systemic oppression Mm -hmm. and racism and then on top of that which I really want to delve into is the kind of the cultural expectations. So mm-hmm. particularly within, I mean, with, I mean, I would say generally blanket, a lot of POC men, they, there's, I mean, there's lack of words of affirmation from their family. There's kind mm-hmm. of this expectation that they're the men of the household mm-hmm. that they have to deal with. So let's say, for example, I don't know, you've got a single mother mm-hmm. and she's got four or five children and he may be, not not the eldest, but if he's like in a family of just women or he is the oldest boy he's out the of all the, of the siblings, house. from a very young age, we're talking about he's the man mm. of the house. We're talking about like 12, 13, 14. And then when you kind of add socioeconomic factors, when you add your environment, when you add your education or lack of, mm. when you add systemic oppression and racism from the police, from people all around you, from the way that you dress, from the way that mm. you look, when you add financial differences, difficulties when you add you know seeing your mum you know not being able to afford certain things or certain luxuries for you and your siblings that is a lot on your plate yeah and then and then and then on top of that when you're out in the world everyone expects you to be very strong put on the brave face they exactly because naturally they associate you know, a black man with strength, mm-hmm. with masculinity, with resilience, which a lot of which which black men do possess. Let's not mm-hmm. get that twisted. But also we have to look on the flip side and say, how can we support these men? Because I feel and and this is why this conversation needs to start happening, because this needs to be acknowledged. And where you don't have that yeah. initial acknowledgement because you always assume, oh, no, he's going to be fine because he's always said he's going to be fine. Culturally, we say he's going to be fine because culturally we don't talk about yeah. men and their emotions. We don't. Talk- I've got older cousins who, you know, some have been on the road, mm-hmm. some have not been on the mm-hmm. road, some of this, whatever they're doing in their lives. I've never for what. And, and that's wrong on my part, but I've never asked them, like, how's your mental? Yeah. Because that's not the first thing that comes to my mind because I always see them as strong. I always see them as they've got themselves together. They've held it down. You know, their mums are struggling financially. They always bring money. Mm. How? We don't question. That's not something. I feel like particularly with POC women, we're always told never to question a man's role as well. So there's that element to it as well because I can't go to my older cousin and be like, oh, are you okay? Like, is everything good mentally? Is every- I, I've been told growing up that it's not my place. Yeah. And then we need to kind of break down that stigma as well. So I feel like there's so many things that we need to unpack when it comes 100%. to kind of, yeah, when it comes to, to finding the route to and how I just want to add to, you can start the conversation. To, to that, that it is a situation of, it's a forced situation. Like these, yeah. these people that are doing what they're doing, do what they need to do to get funds for who, in any kind of way. That's not, mm. they're not freely saying that. They're not coming from, I don't want to pinpoint a certain area, but they're not coming from Surrey, like with mm, mm, mm. an amazing um, ancestry of money. They are literally having to do that to move forward. So although there's a lot of people that mm. will look at them and go, ah, oh, look at them. Like, look at what, what, look at what they've chosen for their lives. They really are going mm. home and they're seeing their mum literally struggle with life. So, yeah. yeah and i mean and i mean this isn't 
exclusive to black or POCs. Exactly. This, this happens Agreed. to white men as well. So yeah. this is this. So this is in part a class issue also. And I think but yeah. When you bring in yeah, and then and then but but the problem that comes with people only referring it to a class issue which by the way it is because when you actually go to some neighborhoods in in newcastle mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. scotland or you see like when you go on when you go on the block mm-hmm. you see white boys liverpool doing too. a madness <laughs> liverpool yeah. zoo so we think that you know just because we're born and raised in london that we see the estates and we might see predominantly pocs because that's where that's who we're around and that's our environment and that's where we're from that is not the case for the rest of the uk that is not the case the for the uk, majority of the UK truly but has, we don't see it because of the, the media UK truly has a class problem and and i, I say those yeah, words with capitals like I really mean mm, it. Definitely. Like they have a class problem, mm. a race problem, but as well as a race problem, they also have a class problem. Mm. The the uh, it's a class problem, and then race makes it worse. Yes. Ra- race race is kind of like the the okay. So that is really the cherry on the top. Like now you're taking yeah. the piss. So yeah. so I think that that we need to also unpack the the class mm-hmm. problem and and the war on just class. Saying that, for because... example, I just seen a video today which I was in two minds about posting on LDLBS because I don't keep on posting up the negative. But um, mm. there, were, I just saw something today where a seemingly um, grown couple, black couple, had a mm. nice car clearly. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's been circulating around and police pretty much stopped them to say, pretty much insinuating that it's not their car and the house that they're in isn't their area. So they could be potentially selling drugs or something like that. So then, so they, no, so they needed, this. And this, is, this is in Ipswich. Yeah. So they needed um, them to provide them with ID and um, proof. What, to prove that they're home? To prove everything, prove everything is fully them. And bear in mind, this is, they must have been, uh, older couple at least 40 50 years old and wow so this is a mature yeah couple. a mature couple wow. and literally they just yeah it was unbelievable i've only just seen it this morning but yeah so you can see that even when they feel like okay well this isn't actually there's someone of an upper class or who has money as such it doesn't matter to them that's the next stage that they go to they go yeah, to oh, okay well yeah yeah it's when we can bring i mean you back down. i mean when we're talking about when we're talking about stop and search uh, black and POCs are nine times more likely to be stopped and searched purely because of race, uh, I, I regardless really of who you are. Three yeah. weeks ago, three weeks ago, a Carla got stopped in yeah. the car, and it wasn't until one of the white police officers were like, "Oh shit, I'm embarrassed now because I actually recognise <laughs> yeah. who you are." So it's not, it's not uh, when we're talking about stopping and searching, when we're talking about police mm. profiling, we definitely know that it is race 100%. profiling. It's nothing, nothing to do with anything more and it was I was watching a video of Gabrielle Union and she was talking about her son and her son they live in a very very affluent area in LA and her son and his white friends Mm -hmm. were playing basketball when they were playing basketball in their own garden they jumped over the fence and went to their neighbor's house to play basketball now when she found out about it she sat her son down she was so angry with him she was like listen when you're doing that in this neighborhood, wherever you are, your white friends, your the the neighbors won't do anything to them. But you, regardless of how much money you have, regardless of the class you come from, regardless of who your parents are, they're always going to see you as a black percent. man. And that and that is just the bottom line. 
Uh, being it, black is a, a genuine weapon. But I don't feel like many yeah. black people or many black males, especially black males, I don't think a lot of black males realise it until they really, as we, as we said before, unpack it later on in life. Like me personally, mm-hmm. I always been someone that I've ne- never necessarily been naturally, like say an aggressive person or never been naturally mm-hmm. someone that is seen as a threat in any kind of way. I definitely would regard myself as a kind person, a nice person, but it seemed like ever since I was young, I've always had this element where before I even open my mouth, I can see the, the, the fear sometimes in people's faces when they would talk to me. Mm. Now, some yeah. people will go, oh, that's overboard. That's oh, so that's sad. overboard. Like, no, I'm telling you, like, I, I'm a very smart person. I, I catch energy. I you can, can sense, sense it, that yeah. you can read no matter who face. it is. Yeah. It, mind, mm. if you are a nice and um, nice person, genuinely, and you have to overly prove yourself on a constant basis. And I don't mean, oh, I go through the experience every two weeks. What if you go through that experience every single time that you step out of your house where you know... I know people that do go through it every I'm single one of time. Them. Every I'm single one time. Of them. I literally yeah. would walk, I would go anywhere. And then if you go to a certain type of people, you go around certain types of people that aren't as eclectic in their mind to realise that your skin isn't a weapon. But the people that do feel like that, it literally is an element of they're looking at you like, oh, what's going to come out of his, his... And then when I... Someone like me mm. who can articulate themselves, thank God for my mum that made me like that. But if because of someone like me, mm. the moment I start speaking a certain way, they're like, oh, oh, they're surprised. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, they're surprised. Like, yeah. I can't be normal. <laughs> it's so a, it's a crazy... Yeah, like, wow, you're, you, you speak really oh, good English. Or I've been hit with... And then you got, you got the black people that... Some black people or anyone of colour that sometimes are just very confused this is it they then go with the element of yeah oh oh well oh no you speak white as if to say because i can actually mm. string a sentence together and because i can articulate I, that's that, why why white is that is associated with whiteness you must be joking me because yeah. ironically yeah. the woman mm. that actually yeah. taught me that is a black woman through and through so it exactly and that is yeah and that's what Sabah was talking about on last week's episode if anyone hasn't heard it I definitely recommend so do I. you do one of the um one of the words that came up was AVE which is African-American vernacular expression and it's basically what we would in modern day called slang yeah and it's the media kind of associating AAVE with people that aren't as mm-hmm. intelligent, mm-hmm. with it's all that with, you know, it's they they, they they do it to they they, they associate to with a lower class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they associate with a lower class. So so as as soon as you start using any of AAVE words, yeah. which is would be the slang equivalent in yeah. the UK, they instantly assume that you are not as and intelligent. Guys, or sorry, that sorry you... to cut you off. Sorry, I apologize. I won't do it. But yeah, I've well, really got no, to tell no, you guys no. this. I really want you guys to really walk this path just for, for a second just imagine if you are having a great week and a mate just like every other human being on this earth is entitled to imagine you're having a great week personally you, you you you've done certain things that are positive even for other people you're just having an amazing week and then you go to your local um newspaper place or off license or something like that and then you see the newspaper that has something like that up as their front, as the mm. front page, or maybe tearing down someone that you feel like is a hero of your same race, just because you can tell they just don't like black people. Imagine if you constantly see that, and then just just imagine. Sometimes people get so angry. Why, well, just randomly too? 
why they've got such a their their a chip on their shoulder. Like I I've never understood why some people never understood why people were set, were a certain way. Not to go on for two, but I understand mm. also black women. I've I've said this so many mm. times in the last two weeks. When I say a woman's face, a black woman sometimes face is designed is looks like that because they're protecting themselves from you. It's got nothing to do with who mm-hmm. they are. It literally is. Mm. I've gone through so much crap because of you that I just can't be bothered mm. to even. To I'm trying to let you know, stay away from me. A black male sometimes with a black male, any racist or anybody that is undercover racist, then more time gonna probably walk past them or not say it to their face. They're gonna go home and say it. Whereas a black woman, they see as an easier target. So therefore, they have to take that crap mm-hmm. on a constant basis. So no wonder they look at you like, mm-hmm. don't fuck with me. So yeah. Mm. And I think... Aggravate. Yeah, they do. They, 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 they definitely want to aggravate. They want to aggravate. They want to aggravate. And, they, and, and I think that, that what you said was completely hit home because, yeah, I think that they are just fed up black women are just fed up of people having to look at them and and see them as an Mm -hmm. easy target and i think that that is what people and i've said this many 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 a time when you look at you know disadvantaged people and and most oppressed people i would say that it's a black woman and even more so a black woman that wears hijab because she kind of goes against all of those different you know stigmas yeah especially in britain i mean i mean i'm talking about in the west and you know you kind of have to go through all of those different layers and you have to you have to sit there and prove yourself. And it's what you said mm. earlier as well. It's like, why do you have to prove your Literally. politeness to someone? Why mm. do you have to prove your Literally. niceness to someone? Why do you have to prove your articulacy mm-hmm. to someone? And, you know, though I can't relate with many things mm-hmm. that you said, I, I feel like time and time again, people might hear me or people might look at me and think, oh, no, she hasn't got two pence to say. But then actually, when I do start talking and you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying, you're you're the one that doesn't understand, not because of me, but because mm-hmm. of you. So I think that it's it's really important to highlight to men that if you're if certain things trigger you, if certain things make you angry and you don't know why, it's really important to start kind of honing in on that emotional development yeah. early and this is where i would say in terms of education as well particularly in I, it really annoys me when people are like oh you know we need what about if we just have like predominantly black schools well actually in some areas yeah. we do have predominantly black schools but what we need to do is in certain areas particularly in schools where you've got predominantly uh poc men we need early intervention we need those those that pastoral care to make sure that they're okay are you saying within not family? because of what's going on in their home no no not mm. not within the family as in just outside world because you can never assume what yeah. goes on in family but as in we need to understand and we need to start teaching our teachers that you know systemic racism mm-hmm. happens and those kind of over or covert microaggressions that people feel that they're not able to express and they don't know they don't know why that makes them mm-hmm. uncomfortable or why that makes them angry and it's because it's yeah. racist mm-hmm. but because we're not able to articulate it or because we're never taught that that it is racist because we see it all the time or hear it all the time we're used to that feeling and then that feeling of not being able to express how you actually feel really 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 plays havoc on a I always mental say, health and I always, and, that's one thing um, sorry to cut you off there I always say that no no I always say mental health sometimes stems from a misunderstanding of either 
no, stems from not understanding something or a lack of love. I always say those two things can play a major part in the detriment towards someone's mental health. So I feel like, like you said before, mm. understanding things is so, so key because you are going to go through things. But when someone has, mm. doesn't have clarity towards the situation and then it goes years and years and years and years of pure pain and pure misunderstanding, it really does go left. Even me, mm. my nieces and nephews, um, I always, whenever they go through anything, I always talk to them about it. I always make it a thing to be able to understand, mm. so, so they can understand exactly That's good. what they went through, why they feel the way they feel. Yeah express themselves mm. back because i feel like mm. if you just if you just go through life just telling someone this is the way it is and that's it i think that's where the the bad mm. start bad place of um mental health goes down because i think that's when it really goes into issue but mm. isn't that also it's sorry sorry to cut you off but isn't that so interesting that all the school we went through and university and masters whatever you never get really taught how to handle I'll be honest, your I'll, own I'll mental be honest health you, I or how to, to like I've gone I've gone through all of the systems barring masters and I'll be honest with you I don't know what they were trying to teach us if I was being honest mm. listen Honestly, they haven't uh, uh, you know me and me and Salma have gone yeah. through to masters and honestly you know i've gone through all of that good grades whatever no one's taught me about how to do taxes no one's taught me about about Mm -hmm. credit scores no one's told me about so many things like even how to grow fruit i I didn't know that you know what i mean i had to learn that when i went back home i was like what is this seed what like i i am the last person to have green fingers <laughs> the last but it's just important. i mean even it's right now even right now life. i'm on like yeah. a detox so i'm only having like water and a lot of fruit but i want well like not for everything but most things and even that element mm. i understand now just how important health is but yet in school it wasn't a thing it really wasn't that yeah, we were eating pineapple cake that everyone's now buying for £25 a tray. Literally. <laughs> Which is nuts. <laughs> By the way, if you're one of those people that are buying primary school cake for £25 a tray, me. you're dumb. Trust me. but yeah an interesting thing i wanted to add on to what you were saying ty um on the whole men being able to kind of talk to their friends and family i found a fact that it says only one in four men feel comfortable with their own friends and family to talk to them about their own feelings and emotions Mm. which basically makes up 25 percent of men in general and then adding on to that onto like the blackmail issue so they found that um Obviously, you know, stereotypically it's expected, but, you know, men of Caribbean background are felt to be the most, they will deal with their distress with drugs and like harming ways rather than kind of just, you know, sitting down saying, this is how I feel and so on. They just kind of resort to, let me feel no pain, let me numb this. And then this kind of vicious cycle continues because they have to save face and they have to kind of continue what they're doing and they can't show any emotion. But then they're also like, but I need to deal with this some way. So they're kind of resorting to ruin the don't. I don't, I'm, a, I'm from the Caribbean, or background at least, and I would say mm. I don't necessarily yeah. attest it to, I feel like anybody put in those circumstances, regardless of race, I really do mm. 100% mm. believe 
that this they would resort to the exact same thing. I mean, if you take thirty people, uh, and if you I take was just about to say that. I was about to say when you when yeah. you look at white people, yeah. what, what do they so resort to? Yeah. They resort to you know right now and then put them on an island oh, and yeah. then um, put. Okay, I'm not attesting this to what I what we were just speaking about, but this is just the certain type of systematic things that I've seen them do in a sense of you put 30 people on an island and then you put a chicken shop up and then you put a betting shop up and then you put another betting shop and then another betting shop mm. and then you let that be their environment for a certain amount of time. I guarantee within time, mm. for a poverty-driven area where they, they don't really want to give you hope, mm. I guarantee you those type mm. of people will all develop into what we've just said. And I'm not saying that in the sense of because yeah. Caribbean you're talking to someone that is very proud to be from the Caribbean and we are pretty much everywhere. And you should be. it's not just some people might just marginalize it and say, oh, they're in that area. We're everywhere. But I feel like that might be an element that's highlighted simply because of circumstances rather than it being about those yeah. types. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it rem what you just said reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Boys in the Hood. Yeah, I was just about to say yeah. that. Did you remember? Yeah, when he said, <laughs> that is, that is, is where it's from, yeah. Yeah, yeah literally. It's yeah. like, why is there a liquor store literally. every yeah. street? Why is there a but gun store? Because they want you to kill yourself. Movies of all time. Isn't that interesting that literally yeah. that happened in Boys in the Hood? And if I'm not mistaken, that is a good 30 something years ago now. And you can no, go yeah. to yeah. some yeah, it's areas right now. In, in where I come from originally, Northwest London, and you can go to maybe Tottenham and you can fully see the exact same element. Yeah. I mean, what do they expect? Yeah, of course. If you put these things, and this is the I, thing, I, people I, don't realise, people don't really look into it. The government is giving licences to these places. They are also... Mm. Yeah. It's it's social Literally. it's social conditioning because they know that you're gonna you're gonna leave your house and that is what you're gonna see and I remember watching Boys in the Hood my mum it was one of the films that my mum made me watch that she as a actually child. made you watch that my and gosh. if and if you haven't if you haven't watched it I mean you yeah you I don't know you, I don't know for you but you, <laughs> you, you have to watch, watch it and Tommy and Robinson it's, not a surprise yeah tommy robinson <laughs> please watch it it's not a surprise that it's relevant today and i'm I'm seeing so many videos of look at this speech you know muhammad ali said this and tupac said this and michael i mean are we are we really Guys, surprised oh my if we see the same media you know, I wanted to... banging in on us if we We've see everything around us in art for years We've been giving this, you. And this is what makes me laugh i mm. the reason why we are able there's reason why there's so much content ever since this thing started is simply because we are backlogging so much art that was ignored when we when we displayed this mm. art before it was literally amongst us where we just went oh yeah this is for that moment oh yeah you know this happens always it's always a little joke people overlook it and then you get some people Mm. Not just going to say white people could be of any race, but some people kind of look at it and go, oh, here we go. Mm. Here we go. Here's, here's the sub story again. Oh, that's all. I think yeah. that's anyone that's not black. I think you find yeah. that in every single pocket of any uh, any community, any country that isn't black. You find, and this is what we said the other day as well. You find anti-blackness in every single community, in every mm. single country. You find that within modern minorities, specifically in the South mm -hmm. Asian community here in the UK. We've got it in our own cabinet in the UK, mm -hmm. in the government right now. So, you know, I think that that 
yeah that that rhetoric really runs true and it's also when i mean with art as well when you look at films about equality it's still in the fantasy genre <laughs> yeah. and just things wow. like that and just and just and just and just kind of different little psychological mm-hmm. tricks that we don't realize that are being you know indoctrinated within our education system within our environments within the shops around us within uh you know adverts and campaigns and magazines and mm-hmm. we know that this is happening so when people are like oh i'm so shocked that things no, still haven't improved it's not an excuse anymore it's not an excuse you know what you know one of the most telling moments one of the most telling moments and i feel like this summed it up beautifully for me was when george the poet was on bbc we posted it up where um he had Mm -hmm. to the lady literally asked him i know she heard to be quite an experienced bbc reporter who i don't even necessarily deem as someone that isn't educated or someone that is not good for that position so basically she i don't know if you guys have seen Mm -hmm. it but she basically said, Mm-mm, I have. Do you really believe them? And she, she was saying, she never, she never confirmed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it, cha- oh, was it, it Channel, Channel 4? 4? Okay, so yeah, she, yeah, it was Channel so, 4, yeah. you're right. She was yeah, yeah. like, do you really, exactly. No, I, I don't know. I don't, do you really believe? But she was, <laughs> I think she was trying to say, I don't personally believe that it's as bad as the US, come on now. And I was thinking to myself, and then he, he yeah. even looked down in a moment of, are you, are you serious? And then had to reel off what he had to reel off. And I was thinking to myself, that is the, and why I say it's so telling is because that is such a common thing amongst a lot of white people. Yeah. Not just white Mm. people, but the majority of white people that they literally do not believe. And this is what I mean. If it's not at home, they ignore it. So therefore, a black experience is Mm. not important to them Mm. because it's not at home. So therefore... Also, the same way mm. that they would be upset if their child goes to school and gets hit by someone and then they'll be so upset and it's all about human rights and this, that and the other. They'll go and make sure that that person gets sacked or that other child gets told off. But yet the black experience, even though it's about humanity, human, hum, humanity in general. Yeah. Humanity. They <laughs> yeah. They, and I think to myself, it, it goes hand in hand. But yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a funny one. I mean, I mean, to add to that as well, I don't actually think it's just white people. I think that this is a real, real big problem against non-black POCs. And I think that the perfect example of that was on Wednesday, uh, we're on PMQs and you had Priti oh, Patel gosh. and she was kind I'm of reading really her uh, statement. Uh, I mean, I've, I sigh every I've got, time. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got my, my own view. views. I sigh every time. Yeah, I've got my own views on Priti Patel and yeah, I've got my own views on her and I don't want to get into that because we'll be here for hours. But she was questioned by Florence Eshalomi, who's uh, she's an MP for Vauxhall. Um, she was voted in the last general election, so end of last year, it's 2019. Um, she's a good friend of my mum's, Flo. And, you know, she was a counsellor before. She's incredible in terms of policy and kind of sticking to what she believes in. Incredibly intelligent. Anyway, so she uh, posed the question, obviously, to Priti, the Home Secretary, and said, will the Home Secretary accept that there is a race, uh, mm-hmm. race issue in the UK? Something along those lines. Uh, don't, don't quote me on that. But along those lines. Priti said, <laughs> well, no, I don't. And then Flo well, kind of, Flo kind of, I could see her face and she just went, well, no, you don't get it. And she said, well, no, I do get it. And then Pretty kind of, she put her head down and then you could see Pretty almost wanted to cry. And I think this is the first moment I've ever seen like a glimpse of humanity in her. And she, she put her head up and she goes, well, in another life, the home secretary was called the P word in the playground. 
And I was like, and she didn't say the P word. Yeah. She, I don't, I'm not going to say it on this, obviously, but she actually said it. And I was like, wow. That's mm-hmm. like saying the N word, bearing in mind. So the fact that she said that in Parliament, and for 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 about five seconds, I thought, so you've experienced this. You've you've kind of you've married who you want to marry. You've kind of gone up into mm-hmm. the political ranks how you want to go and go up into the political ranks. You've experienced that, and now you're racially yeah, gaslighting Florence, I've who's got giving you her experience, yeah. and you're telling her. No, it's in your head because I've experienced the same thing. So and can I this say this? I've got to say so this. I've got, I've I've got, got to family go members. I've got to I've go got family members. Is, I've got to say this now. Go on. So <laughs> you guys inspired me to say this. And I told Iman this before. You and Guy me say something on LD and RBS only a couple of days ago about non-white parents. Now, um, I, can't, I can't even remember the quote in which I said, but it was something along the lines, but I'll explain it now. In the sense of, okay... I understand that everybody right now is on the Black White Lives Matter wave and everybody understands that this is wrong, watching what happened to George Floyd was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I understand that everybody is on this wave right now. And I understand that some people also are just seeing it as a wave rather than anything they care about. So they're just, they're just there. So I understand that's happening too. But here's my problem. I'm really growing completely tired of people ignoring facts. In my opinion, what I've what I've seen personally mm. to be facts. Mm. I can't go into everybody's home and tell them what it is, but this is what I feel. In a sense of, I really am growing tired of hearing certain people be so Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter right now. And I know for a fact that they might have a parent that, and I'm not talking about white about people from loads of different races. Like I know personally yeah, yeah, yeah. tension between an Asian community and black community is crazy. And I've got to say, I believe that's one-sided. Mm-hmm. That is not, I'm in so, mm. in, in, and, I, and if people feel like, oh, you're wrong for saying that, let me be wrong. I'm gonna be wrong and, and, and say what I've got to say, because I feel this. There's such a massive tension between Asians and black people. And I feel like it is one-sided as in the Asian people do not like black people. Not all, not all. You're mm. talking to someone that has mm. friends that have a, um, an Asian background. But at the same time, it really is a situation of the older generation. And I, I've been told this by my friends. I've been, I have one friend, I'm not going to say the name, mm. but I have a friend that tells me all the time, basically, I know if I brought back a black boy, <laughs> like it's game over. Like yeah. it literally is... Yeah. Mm. don't you're disowned completely and that goes within the family and i've not only heard that once i've heard that about a hundred times so therefore at some point when are we going to mm. stop accepting this is okay like why 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 are we gonna why like, are you gonna yeah. go to a black lives matter protest why are you even going to press black lives matter even once anywhere if you are going to be that same person that is okay that accepts that you accept you're that. calling it out at home yet you want to call out white people come on please mm. i think i think, I think, that's, I, the, I think... that's the biggest thing is that in our in our communities that they're they're not discussing this they're not sharing they're not speaking with their families and when i mean speaking in their families i'm not talking about talking about black trauma and making it sad speak about yourselves and your inherent racism that you've been carrying your whole life mm. and yeah. dismantle the you know the history that you have in your mind this fake, fake history, history that you've built us and dis- 
dismantle that and speak among your communities look at your media what they've been spewing look at the language that you are speaking the words that you use carry a lot of weight look at when your friends bring home uh, you know black friends home and the way you treat them and the way you um you know interact with them there is mm. so much even when you send your child to school and like what you say to your children about how you interact with other kids like all this conversation needs to happen when a child is young i'm saying young as three because that's when they start to differentiate between races and that's when they start putting class on different people that's when it mm. needs to happen you need to start having those conversations now and i hate this whole spiel that people give of you know what it's a different generation now we can't have this conversation now no you it's very easy and this no, and, you I'm can sorry, sorry so just, i, I just have to throw this one off really quickly in a sense of um my parent parents especially my mum always because my dad was always there and always made sure certain things were a certain way whereas i feel like my mum definitely pushed forward my mind also in a sense of she taught me very very young that you have to simplify this whole racism thing in a sense of you really need mm. to don't look at it in a sophisticated way it really is peep right from wrong and it really is stupid and not stupid and i've always mm. i've not tried to find any other word mm. to repl mm. replace the word stupid for someone to legitimately, and a grown person or anything like that, for them to legitimately look at you because of the colour of your skin and say that you are... Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, like you're less or you're not a great person or, you're, or judge you before they know you, they can only be stupid. How could... One way to say, how could you lose your temper mm. at mm. someone that is as silly as that? It doesn't make sense. So I've never really tried yeah, no. to give. I've yeah. always had a thing through life where no matter what race you are, not just white, any race, that I can tell might be a little bit quote-unquote racist, I always looked at them and thought, I'm mm. not even going to bother. Because what's the point of fighting this fight against someone that clearly is silly? But yet a lot of people give them sophistication. I don't know why. Mm. But this is, this is the problem. And I think that a lot of people give... I mean, I, I'll just use the example of the Asian community because we were talking about the Asian community. But, you know, I've got a lot of friends who completely combat that and whose families are yeah, very agreed. liberal. And I mean, lib liberal in the sense of I'm not talking economically yeah. liberal. I'm just talking like socially liberal. But, you know, who have different multicultures in their families and societies. And I wouldn't really be yeah. friends with them if they didn't have those views nor their family members because I've met their family members. But... Um, I think that it's important to say that, I mean, okay, I'll give you an example. Sam, I know you can kind of agree on this, that in Morocco, there's a massive anti-blackness mm. problem, colorism problem. Which doesn't problem. even make sense. Black, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Africa. It doesn't make sense because, of course there, there are. are. Correct. <laughs> of course, my uncle is. I mean. <laughs> of course there are. So, you know, there's always been that colorism aspect, anti-racism, uh, anti-blackness yeah. and racism aspects in Morocco. One thing I would say that Morocco has tried to do well um, is to be more inclusive. Don't get me wrong. As I said, those problems 1000% mm. exist mm -hmm. in the UK and back home. But one thing that I think that I would say probably not just my mum's era, probably just the generation before her as well, were very, you right. know, were very quick to integrate. 
with particularly with West Africans here in the UK with Caribbean. So you find a lot of people who are like my mum's age and a bit older than her who are half yeah. Moroccan yeah. and half black. And this is not mm-hmm. a, this is not a, you know, a uncommon, you know, thing to see and uncommon to see interracial relationships between North African mm-hmm. and West African or North African and Caribbean. And the older generation, no matter what kind of anti-blackness stigma that they have they've had to abolish it Mm -hmm. because their kids have done it and their kids have kind of said listen you're gonna you're gonna listen to me now and 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 it goes even further than that because a lot of people that my mum's age and Salma I know you'll know is it isn't even it's not even exclusive to Muslim you know there's a lot of Moroccan women and a lot of Moroccan men that have been with West Africans, East Africans, yeah. Caribbeans who aren't even Muslim. So mm. it's kind of a double whammy that a lot of the older generation have had to face is that not only is it not Muslim but it's also now not Moroccan. And mm. we have a massive issue as well mm. in the Middle East. The Middle East is 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 I mean, I don't want to get into the Middle East too much, but the Middle East have quite a similar complex to the South Asian community. Um, And it's definitely something that we need to unpack. And I think that you're not wrong when you say, you know, these conversations, if you're Mm going to go to these Black Lives Matter classes, please make sure that you're checking your parents and your grandparents. We need to stop being so nice with it. Like in the sense of, again, I'm, I'm all for... I'm all for peace and yeah. I understand that sometimes violence really doesn't do anything because it's shown it hasn't done anything. But I am I'm in terms of using your mm. mouth and expressing yourself, I think we need to stop being so nice with certain elements like yes, Middle East, people from the Middle East that are racist. Let me say it again, in fact, there is a lot of people from mm. the Middle East that are racist. And those ones that are good, I mess yeah. with them. The ones that aren't good, I don't mess with them. And mm. I believe that if you are racist and you're from there, you're stupid. Mm. And the same thing with any other community. Mm. And I say it with my chest. It's any like, community. And that's it. Uh, bear in mind, bear in mind, bear in mind, those people exist in every yeah. single yeah. community that isn't black. Which is so this unfortunate. Is what I'm yeah. It's such, and it yeah. happens, I mean, such a domino effect of silliness. Because it's like, what about... Because ironically, mm. at the same time where at the moment you've got a lot of um, negative stigma around the word black and blackness in general, Yet you look at what we do in every culture mm. that we've been involved with. You look at the influence in which black people yeah. have. I know that every single person around, especially in areas that there are black families, you know that if you have that, that black friends, you go into their house, it's a house full of love. It's a house, house full of energy. A hundred percent. A house full of love. It's warm. It it's food. Always, it's that's why energy. Always, it's black, it's everything. That's why I always say black it's is magic. Full. Not better, but magic. Because what has come mm. from these previous mm-hmm. hardships is such a unconditional, incredible, um, incomparable love and energy mm. and loyalty. And like, mm. we, it makes, I know when gospel music's playing, it will make us want to cry. Because it literally is like an element mm, of upliftment of any, you can overcome anything. Even down to me personally, a lot of the issues that I yeah. might have had previous on as, as a young creative, I can't lie to you, things like gospel music, things like that has been the reasons why I've never stopped and why I've pushed to the position I'm at now because I feel like mm. hopefully to go even further because I feel like I'm inspired in that way. When I say black is magic, I really do mean it. 
And I mean, any race could be magic, but it's just, yeah. No, I agree. I've, I, I agree. Like I've got my black friends, my black family. When we're all yeah. together, I feel so full and I feel so full of content. And I think that it's, it's when you look at every single issue that they, that, that black people go mm-hmm. through when they leave their house and all of those kind of, you know, conceptions and preconceived ideas about yeah. what 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 that person is like or a woman <laughs> clenching her purse in a lift and when you go to that when you go to to, to a black person's house yeah. and you're within that community and you listen to yeah. their music and you fully embrace every it's incredible how the black community has overcomes the, and, the and there must be and there must be something country. special about it's it absolutely it's incredible taken from yeah. our culture if, 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 yeah, constantly, exactly, think, Con- constantly, yeah. people constantly rob Literally. your culture, people constantly yeah. appropriate your culture, people constantly yeah. mock that, your there culture. There is a pocket from it community that has that feeling towards black people, but yet they're from every single community, they will, from every single one of them, they have taken something from black culture in terms of, I really can say that yeah. across yep, the board, I can't name any yeah. one of them that hasn't done that. So oh, it's, 100%. it's a crazy thing Definitely. in general, but then it's I like, agree. It's like, I also feel like you know, when you walk into the realm of um, someone that is black or a black family or something like that, I think the only thing you might face sometimes is that uncertainty whether you are one of those people that are stupid. I think, and that sometimes gets misconstrued, especially as a black mm-hmm. female. I know that a few black females get, mis- their nature gets misconstrued as angry or, or just standoffish, but really they just they are entitled to not wanting to be treated like that. Same way. Yeah. I've never, I've never been or been in a room with any black woman that I know or been at an event or any black friends that I have that are women. I've never well, felt I'm not as gonna though lie. they're being well, standoffish I'll, I'll be towards me. I'll, I'll, or I'll never felt straight. as though... Because, nah, you might yeah. have not, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not going to... See, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is some black girls that before you say anything, they are literally just like, don't mess with me. But I can understand why. I get it. Yeah, but it's because, yeah, and it's because of, and it's because of the, it's because of how that person treats them. And like you said earlier, it's, they can gauge, yeah. we can gauge energies, especially women. It, it, why is it called, it's called mother nature for a reason, mm-hmm. because we can, we can feel stuff. And they're we entitled can, to we, that space. We have gut they're feelings enti- for just a like reason. You, if you I three, come, you three as women, you're 1,000% entitled sure to that space. If there was males that were predatory around you guys, you guys are entitled to say, no, go away. Literally. Same way the, those mm-hmm. black women mm-hmm. are entitled to mm-hmm. say, why are you guys mentally attacking us for no reason? Serena Williams, why is this woman spent mm. her whole life art- being an amazing sportswoman? Not only an amazing sportswoman, but someone that actually broke every single record, probably one of the best um, people of any sport of all time. But yeah. yet, yes. she has to go into newspapers and see yes. it's aggressive. It's one time called a gorilla, like gorilla frame. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. Yeah, and, and why is she not Serena the also, best? Serena also one of the most that's what she like is. <laughs> you, if you ever hear her, she's one of the most soft spoken, like and yet she's seen as that yeah, type of is. person. And I think to myself, why isn't she entitled to that respect? She's not because she's black. Now really let that sink in. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. And then when you tie that into, you know, black men and obviously what we're talking about mental health, of course, there's going to be elements where you mm-hmm. might feel something that will trigger you. That's why you've got so black many black man. men telling and you. And you won't why, know why you're why angry. When we go, I come from an area mm. where it was prominent, literally, like it still is prominent in Northwest London in the sense of uh, you would walk around and yeah. you see another black male. And you have to, this is a common thing, and I'm sure any black male that is listening to this will understand this. We'll see each other, and then we have to assess whether we're dangerous or not. And then we can be okay. There's a split second. <laughs> and you're, yeah, and you, you have and, to, you and have it's to like looking at, at each other. You have to be about it or not, just for a split second. Just, and that comes from what they put on us. Just like we said before, black on black crime. We have been designed to make it seem like, yeah. imagine we yeah. they were a kind person, we know we have to be this, but yet we're always seen as aggressive. We're always seen as this and that, and that will get into someone's mental. And then we start, it's so ironic that a lot of these young kids that are killing each other right now, you put a white person in their area, they're not going to kill them. They don't even see them as a time. They're not saying all the time, but sometimes they go to certain areas. You, if you take one of those ghetto kids and put them in Surrey tomorrow, who knows? They might they might eventually do some madness because of poverty and because they don't mm. have enough money. But initially, they're they're okay. They don't feel threatened. You put them in the area full of loads of other yeah. um, what they urban. If you put that around that, they are ready because of what they put on us. They put this mm. certain element of danger. Like you, I know that there is even grown black men right now that mm. initially yeah. feel their back up when they they feel comfortable in a room full of white men. But when you put and I have a black man next to them, and they're like, oh shit, I've got to defend myself here. But come on, like, I can't, I love the fact yeah. that yeah. I have one friend that we're two black males, but we literally, like, we have love for each other. We have no, we have no, no reason to not say that like, we genuinely have love for each other. And it really is that. That is so powerful when we're able to break past that whole element of aggression and doing this. Yeah, when you, when, when yeah, of- when we're together. Literally it's incredible power yeah and there's incredible representation yeah. of that in media like we don't we don't see that we just see just about to we, say something switch on the news all we yeah. see is you know black on black crime yeah we see all of this thugs and all this kind of thing associated with that and black joy is never represented and that's why which is yeah. bullshit in terms of sorry to swear but in terms of the in it, terms of in te- when, when we're talking right so let me give you an example of drugs we're always shown for some reason that they'll go into they'll they'll go into like an estate or and then they'll show like a group of black boys to be like these are the drug dealers but actually hold on yep. first and foremost you're not where going to the from? boats and the jets where the 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 white where where, where they come from where the white drug dealers mm-hmm. are secondly mm-hmm. and that's only part of the problem in terms of the dealing part secondly when we're talking about the receiving end of it you're not <laughs> yeah. showing white people you're not showing the white you. people that are taking the drugs yep. Yep. they're the people that exactly. want it i think the best exactly. example of that is um cocaine in america with Crack yeah. cocaine yes. and powdered cocaine. Even here, powdered cocaine was associated with wealth and associated mm-hmm. with like you know affluence mm. and all of that. And crack cocaine, um, which was which is smoked, like that is, uh, you know, you were jailed longer for holding crack than you were for powdered cocaine. It's the mental same thing. amount. It's all a mental thing. So, yeah. It's literally just because white people take the other thing. one more. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, even I, I don't even want to get into like prisons and kind of prison reforms and what we should do about rehabilitation. But actually, Britain has the highest prison intake in the whole of the EU. Oh, yeah, all seventy-one percent of prison intakes in Europe are for non-violent crimes. So that kind of just plays into. And I've got to say this too. Also, I used to work in the courts. And the people that I, and believe me, that really did open my eyes to the way they see, I'm going to say us in a sense of black people. I really just have a calling out to young Mm. black kids right now. Not even just like anyone from those areas, you get what I'm saying. But obviously predominantly we're talking about black right now. So that is what it is. Mm -mm. Please stop giving them Mm. the opportunity to do what they do to us. Because they can't wait. Those judges are not. Mm-hmm. those judges are from and they're, yeah. they're from the areas where they will literally say there's a problem in the US but not here they are but yet they will perpetrate um, yeah they will perpetrate prejudice on people but without even knowing that they're doing it so I really just mm, yeah. really hope that we can understand yeah. we don't need to do that and that's why I feel like this whole time period is amazing because it really is throwing around the element of black love but I have to say this yeah. too. Mm. I've been, I love watching things. And when people post things up on our page, LDNRBS, I love to even watch the comments and see the, see the market as such. We posted up something earlier on about um, mm. people not going, like you said before, about people going to protest and their parents don't even like black people as such. Yet you got some, it was two black women, in fact, mm. different, separately, and you could tell some people supported them. They were basically saying, listen, no mm. more interracial stuff. We need to stick within our race. So you guys should take this post down. We're not even interested in that. What we're interested in is black love and only black love. I can understand their frustration. I can understand why they've got to that point. But look at what we're actually fighting for. You mm. guys, you're, act- you're actually going out, putting on clothes and going to a protest to fight against people that are literally dissing people because they see you as different. Why are we going to go and marginalise ourselves and say, okay, well, now we can't mix with any other race. F you all, we're going to be doing this. There are people outside of our race Mm. that have genuine love Mm. for us because they're real. So why, because we're real, let's Mm. just bring realness together and go that way and fight against not everyone. It's not an element of shut out every single person because they're not the Mm. same race as you. It don't make sense to me, but yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. By the stupid people who don't know what they're talking about, basically. Yeah. But also, yeah. I think that kind of goes kind of nicely onto what I wanted to bring up as well. Because I've seen for the longest amount of time, I'm one of these people that used to say it as well. Oh, do you know what? Let's just focus on going back home and like living back home and going back to Africa. And, and <laughs> you want to go back to Morocco? Yeah, listen, I've I've been still trying to say that. <laughs> no, um, I think I've done it. It's all right. I think it. <laughs> I think it's quite illogical to say that. Yeah, no. Because, it, and it's it kind of almost stems from. I mean, I laugh at people who have got like a white savior complex, and actually, I I had to think to myself yesterday. I was like, do I have it? Do I think that I can go back to Morocco and just I have the answers and and I can live? Don't an say white savior complex and, though, because no actually, one white raised me. No, there's a no, no, no one white raised me, but I feel like I'm just 
do I have elements of that ideology where I feel like, oh no, I can go back home and it's fine. No, and, like teach them how to no, live. No, not, like, not teach them how to live, but I can I can live a better life there and I can just go okay. back home and and that kind of element of it and not helping not yeah. helping my own people, but just kind of helping myself and, and just kind of picking and choosing mm. and saying, oh yeah, I could actually I can't. It's really difficult to live back home. And there are incredible, uh, intelligent, amazing politicians and scientists and physicians and artists that are in Morocco that are doing amazing jobs we just don't see it and mm. I think that I think that it's really interesting what you were saying Ty about you know those two women who said you know we kind of want to we should stick together and we should only focus on black love and and it mm. kind of made me think would how would I feel if if some people in my community said that about about us and Salma, I don't know, I don't know how you would feel. And Sabra, I don't know how you would feel. And it's just, it, I would, yeah, it's a really interesting notion. I think that anyone listening, I think that it would be important to hear this and probably come from my neck. I understand, but all I can do is say what I feel. And I can't understand that ideology. I understand being proud of who you are and where you come from and wanting to keep that legacy going. But that legacy mm. runs through you. It's up to you to push that into your kids and keep on going. Yeah, but agree. if you are going to start I marginalizing agree. yourself and mm. become just like those racists indirectly and be that person that says, mm. you know what, you're a great human being, but wait, you're this race or you're this, you're from this background. So even though you're amazing yeah. Yeah. nine yeah. out of 10 yeah. ways, because you're not in, amazing in this one, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with I, I agree with you though. We're allowed to make noise. We're allowed to take up space. Like, uh, like we should be able to feel ourselves integrate into the community and be a part of here without feeling this need to go back because that's where we'll be accepted. Like, we should be accepted here mm. regardless. Mm. Yeah, and and I I agree. I yeah. I you know don't agree with the notion of you know you should just stick within your own community because i can ever imagine someone saying to me oh i've just got and, to stick and with on the flip side, side and oh on the flip side God, just imagine someone yeah. coming to you i could ever imagine a society and, and i haven't even known you for that long but i could tell this probably won't run in a sense of just imagine someone coming to you that's your partner and saying listen i don't really know if i want the moroccan um element to really go through into our kids just imagine that's probably never going to happen right so mm. so that that energy yeah, of yourself you're right. is <laughs> no, going to yeah. go through into your kids like regardless so definitely definitely yeah. and we've seen that I've, I've seen that in my communities i've seen i've got you know mm -hmm. i always say my family looks like the un because i've got every pretty much honestly from and that's from beautiful. china to southeast asia to the caribbean and to south africa and it's exactly it's amazing and i think that it's because you kind of have that strong element of i don't want to use the word patriotism but just kind of that self-worth and knowing where you're from and knowing but i mean in the in the in when we're talking about in the black community just that black magic as you said and that's always going to be there and that's always going to remain present so mm. i definitely agree with that with but you know what's crazy like it's it, the whole notion of you know marrying Sorry. just your people obviously I, f I find that very very backwards and you know going back yeah, it's in very time. problematic yeah yeah but it's funny because i actually know people who 
I know this it's crazy because you love who you love and you marry who you want to marry at the end of the day but genuinely race causes so much issue with that problem like mm. for example I know someone who had a, had to decide between yeah. you know like you said tight like nine out of ten everything ticks the box like they were like this is the person I want to marry but the other guy was kind of like a five out of ten and he happened to be the same race and the family would be fine there wouldn't be any havoc and she was kind of leaning to that because she was like, I don't want to cause any mayhem in the house. Yeah, because at the end of the day, she was like, okay, hold on. I need to think about my family and to think about what I'm doing. Da, da, da. And mo- you sometimes you either have to choose rebellion. You know, and you know what? That girl. Choose, you know what? That you girl. Which you should always choose. Obviously. <laughs> it would be amazing in an amazing world yeah. if there was people in the community, those parents that said, listen, maybe we should think about that girl's heart too. But because there is a social pressure, she is literally by yeah, herself but they don't. in a room uh, whenever that yeah. was, thinking to herself, I actually have no choice. Because yeah. again, what we started at the, said at the start of the conversation, options. Yeah. If you can offer options, it is such an amazing mental yeah. freedom. Options is the main thing out here. But if someone doesn't feel like they have options, yeah. the mm. crazy stuff that they'll do in this life. And I think that why it's important to kind of say that in this episode as well is because by and large, I see that prejudice in what black men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that as well because I would say that for for what I've seen, and I'm I don't know the stats on this, but in my personal experience, I've seen more issues with anyone who's not black bringing home a black man as opposed to anyone who's not black bringing home a black woman. It's like a backwards. It's like a backwards thing with a lot of people. They, I feel like we intimidate quite a few. I think that's, it's a real intimidation, but it's not an intimidation just I think because I agree. it's physical. Oh, definitely. I, think, I think there's I think... a certain strength in a black man that makes other races uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's, and I've always said, I've always said with other races, I think that they associate yeah. hyper-masculinity with a black man. So, when they see that, for example, if you've got a sister who's dating a black guy or a cousin or a this or a that, I don't really see that too much with the Moroccan community, I must admit. But in other yep. communities, when they do see that, they do feel threatened because they, mm. they, they feel threatened in terms of their masculinity. And it kind of what I was saying earlier is that too often black men mm-hmm. are seen as to carry all of these burdens and all of these you know these these societal and some, issues and, and, and are seen as the man to kind of just take care of it through the cracks which is natural some of them have not made it to that point absolutely and you exactly would, you would, i mean exactly. how can you not i mean how even can, how i mean you not fall through the cracks yeah the mm-hmm. fact the fact that a fact the majority of men haven't and it's majority, I mean, we're told on the yeah. media that majority of men have, but actually majority of men haven't. And the fact that they haven't is are, I think there's a lot of black men that are astonishing walking, with um, what they have to go through. I think I'm one of them. I'm literally a walking experience. I think I've mm. gone through so many things that people wouldn't even think because, again, things like racism is not even a thing these days. Like me, I've, I have programmed, programmed my mind to be in a mindset where really racism is the last thing I think about. This is not, before Black Lives Matter, obviously I would always put out little innuendos. It would always come out at certain points of me, but it was, yeah, it, it's an, I mean, before I Black Lives Matter, you're black. That, that <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Matter. So, and this, yeah. We are, exactly, we are, <laughs> we are black. So yeah, therefore we, it's true. 
Exactly. When it's not a trend, you're going to be when it's not a trend to talk year, about, we that. are still going mm. to be what we when are. It's not a trend. And for yeah. me, when I think, think as I said before, magic, and I think beauty. But ironically, we are going to be. This is the thing. I think people right now see it as a topic, but when you really delve into it, the sadness of the fact is. I, uh, uh, there's so many elements. That's why I said I, I needed to have this conversation with you guys because there's so many things I feel like in, in my head. But you know, when like you're everybody's entitled also to have a family or protect this person or have girls within your family that you protect. Just imagine if you have those kids in your family that you have to literally tell them about George Floyd, about the fact that someone of the same, no, someone gets killed like that. Yeah. But really, it was because of that same same thing that me and you have because we're black. That innocence in that child, they have to literally look at you and go, yeah. wait, so I'm a child, bear in mind a child that fears everything. I'm sure everybody, when they were young, everything was fearful to them. Everything was uh, scary to them, sorry. Going out is scary in certain ways. So as a young child, you're literally thinking, wait, because I'm black, people literally think I'm inferior. What the hell? And that is, or a threat, and that confusion mm-hmm. It's or so a threat. unsettling. Yeah. I was going to add on to that and say that I feel like, yes, Iman, they, they are, black men can be seen as like the hyper-masculine you know, embodiment, but I feel like that almost works against them in like the media because mm. it adds to they, that they kind they of narrative of them, yeah. threat. Yeah. yeah. Because they're like, Beautiful yeah, point. but look, they don't have feelings. Beautiful People don't, point. like, you know, they don't have that emotion, stuff like that. Mm. So then it adds on to like this element of, whoa, they're scary. And on top yes. of that, they may not even have a heart. Yes. Oh my God, like, they're almost like monstrosized because it's like that's I think genuinely because I can't imagine how these policemen are working to like attack just any black man they see but it must be coming from a place where they're like hold on hold on this is a man who's a threat and on top mm-hmm. of that they don't have feelings so that okay I'm in, I'm in danger mm-hmm. here I must attack immediately even if they do nothing, nothing. not yeah. even resisting arrest which doesn't even make sense because yeah. you get arrested because <laughs> yeah. you're resisting arrest but what was the arrest for because yeah. I, the, do you know what I mean like it doesn't make any sense and I think that narrative is what's definitely pushing the kind of mm-hmm. like a, the majority of the death of black men especially in america and the uk it's just it's We're just their, their public perception and just we are literal this, you know weapons. rhetoric this yeah yeah exactly yeah all thanks to the media yeah and i think i think that i can't remember who said the point earlier um just about kind of just white people using every single you know excuse under the sun to kind of go in and either aggravate or whatever it might be and and i think that goes really the i was just about to say tommy robinson that goes really well onto that and obviously there's a i'm sure you guys have seen the video of him going in on laughable social media i think he posted it on youtube just uh, and you know what i didn't want to watch it and i didn't want to feed into it but i thought hmm so many people have sent me this and asking my views and it's kind of embarrassing that i can't properly speak on it because i don't like to feed into this man because he just makes me angry anyway it was a seven minute it was a seven minute video and i I didn't even know it was seven minutes video and um he is seven (laughs) minutes he he doesn't even to be honest he doesn't make sense um, nor do the people around him make sense. But if anyone is listening to this and it's and no, it's no. not too late, and we do this on Friday, and obviously the protest on Saturday, there wasn't actually there wasn't actually a protest scheduled for Saturday. 
by the way. And it was him that was like, no, we're coming in on Saturday. Um, we're going to be defending Churchill. They can't let Churchill. No, 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 no. Never mind. Churchill was a racist. Churchill was responsible of Spurge. Churchill was Churchill was responsible of one of well the yeah. biggest uh, famine in Bangladesh that killed millions of people. Not only yeah, that, that, but he said that there was superiority of races. Said. He said black people were inferior. He said mm. Afghanistanis were inferior. So there's there's many problems with Winston Churchill and what he said. And I think that there's a great uh, debate with regards to statues. I don't really see the purpose of statues, <laughs> me personally. I think that they belong in museums where there's context to... Because the problem with statues is yeah, you're walking around and these are people these. that I you're told to idolise. And, and they've got judgment, emblems. Like a good judgment for me because I didn't actually know the history of some of these statues. Because you're taught, because you're yeah. taught that you see Agreed. a statue and immediately, mm-hmm. of course, he's good. Of course, why would he not be good? There's a statue of him. Yeah, yeah, and also, and also the history you're taught is from the winner side, so it's from the yeah. you know Britain side, America side. They don't tell you and about the all is, the killings they did. The thing is, the thing is, I have no problem with you know including history of slave owners but just give me the full story don't say to me that he's a philanthropist and he put loads of money into the uk okay that's fine it's great to know Do you know that, what it is I what feel like, I feel like, where, where did the money I, I, come from sorry, and i think sorry. That, sorry no you go sorry no 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 i cut you off go ahead no nah, i just feel like the moment you hear it's a slave owner i understand that that was the okay this is me really trying to play this is me really trying yeah, my it's best bottom line to take period. Why is he really speaking. But in a sense of, I understand that at that time, it was a mm. thing where everyone did it. So I understand that you really got to look at it in a simplistic way. These people mm. grew up um, in an environment where they were taught to feel like black people were inferior and they were just slaves. That's just the way it was. But yet some of them did great things in their community. Now, this is where the, di- this is what I don't understand it in a sense of, that's what that time period was. So that is what it is. But are we really, I, I can't understand why mm. some mm. white people or anyone is fighting against the fact that we shouldn't have a representation of a human being that earned a lot of money, if not the most of their, their wealth on slavery. Are we really going to say that it's okay mm. that a concept in mm. which it feels like everybody agrees with wrong concept we're gonna really champion that and ironically this is what this is what makes me know also mm. they don't understand about the mental warfare it does to a lot of people yeah. because they don't I understand do, I don't... that they really don't understand that this mm. actually hurts like when i do you realize me i regard myself to be quite a strong mm. person but yet even the strongest of people when i'm watching things like good morning britain and then you see mm. some people fighting against and then they're literally sitting in there, there, wherever they are, who knows? But they're sitting there going, oh, well, I don't actually, I know that they were a slave owner, but what do you mean, but? Do you realize you're hurt? Like, we're sitting here with our family, just like yeah, you what guys you mean, but? Mm. your family of love. And we're literally sitting here going, so you guys are actually going to sit here and mm. actually go on TV and fight. And that had slave owners, which is a mental representation or something that keeps us down. You're going to say, that's fine. That's when I understand that some people, mm. again, I don't feel like violence mm. is the way, mm-hmm. but that's why I also understand that. That's why some people go crazy and they're just like, you know what? 
see people like Tom, Tommy Robinson, if I see him, blah, blah, blah. I can understand mm. the ideology. Not do I think that that yeah. go, but I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's not just from, I haven't heard that just from yeah. the black community. I've, <laughs> I've heard that right. for many people. Exactly. Most people that I've heard that from is actually not black that I've heard that from. Oh, straight um, up. Straight up. Oh, when I see Tommy Robinson, it's yeah, on site. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I No, there's a, it's like a mm-hmm. proven thing. There's generational trauma in our DNA that we carry. And yes. Um, yes. You know, it's PTSD that is passed down. Of course. And it's like, no one sits down <laughs> yes. after slavery. And yes. No one sat down for group therapy. Yeah. And, you know, and tried to overcome it. But you know these are small things that pile up and it carries through generation to generation Mm. and then our therapy system even now when you you know you take a moment and you're like okay i've carried all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and then on top of it all the system system uh, sorry systemic oppression right you go to therapy and our therapy system is a complete joke Mm. we need to decolonize our therapy system because you have a white therapist sitting in front of you and you tell her all this trauma that you're going through and of course i'm generalizing by saying white therapist but and you're telling her everything Mm -hmm. you're going through and she doesn't understand because she hasn't had those experiences Mm. and she doesn't know you know the complexities of everything all the trauma that's been carried down and it's how do you take how do you unlearn everything you've learned how do you remove yourself from all this history you know the dangerous so that when you, the dangerous thing when about you have children there's some they even black people that, that won't be able to teach anxiety. another black person how to be because they're the ones that are suffering from it there is a whole heap of black people that are so traumatized by these elements exactly. that they can't even teach it now because they've had to change their mentality mm. in such a way which they think that just conforms mm. there is a there is some groups of amazing forward-thinking black people mm. that are literally just saying this is the way it should be you got to understand that this is what ha- this is the reason why you feel this way this is the reason why you feel that way so there is a spot mm. by the way by the way there's two amazing charities that i'd just like to plug in one's called black thrive um so it's about obviously black mental health and black mental black mental health matters um and the other is called b-a-a-t-n which stands for the black african and asian therapy network which we will post on our actual page and on our whatever your whatever podcast uh streaming app you are listening from we will put it underneath there as well but yeah i think that it's interesting as well i was watching a um video on (laughs) the shade room and there was a woman who so beautifully explained the problems of like riots and looting and she she was Black kind of asked, America, she was asked the question like, really you know, what would you say to people who riot and do yes i ordered her book anyway yeah 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 i did um, incredible and the way she kind of unpicked it in like less than a minute was just incredible and she kind of said you know you disagree with people that are rioting and looting and by and large most of the community also disagree with it but when they riot and they loot why why do they see that as an opportunity why do people see that as an opportunity oh this is my chance to to steal a tv why do we have that much economic disparity within our communities within our system within our country that that is at the point like where they feel as though that's where they're going to get 
you know any materialistic means and it's it's I mean I'm so glad that this conversation is happening and particularly with mental health as well and but we haven't even touched the surface like we honestly we haven't even cracked the ice let alone start to begin swimming um it it's social welfare it's you know the the mm-hmm. war on classism it's education it's mm. health and a lack it's, of love so, for some people so many complexities to lack of love yeah. i definitely agree um if anyone hasn't done their i've heard that love so many language times test, in the last couple of weeks you, you definitely you definitely <laughs> should <or> you <laughs> you know you should you should you need to know like do you do you access love through words of affirmation or through gifts or through whatever it might be and it's really important to have this and i would mm-hmm. particularly say that amongst POC men, all across the board, and I say POC, not just black, because I think that it's, I think it's all across the board, um, that there is lack of uh, word affirmation, affirmation from their yeah, mothers. I agree. From their mothers, you don't find uh, what Moroccan guys anyway that I know don't necessarily oh have their mother so saying, "Oh, I love and you." That's why and that's why you don't have I that. So because I think just saying I sometimes I say it to people that (laughs) I just say in general sometimes I really just want I want people to realize love is everything love can make you feel comfortable in so many different spaces like Mm. I love this podcast I'm cool with saying that I don't care Mm. I don't I don't care I don't care about some people are so scared of the element of love (laughs) I would much rather be someone that potentially goes one day and spread as much love as possible I want to live that and I always I always say that um pain drives you on but love makes you invincible and that element will go on forever so yeah Mm. Mm. I completely mm. agree. And there was mm. um the place that I used to work at. I think it was about seventeen, eighteen. There was a black woman that came in, and she was I think she was in her seventies. Anyway, she looked incredible. How do you get your skin like this? Like you're beautiful, and all she yeah, was man. she was just smiling, 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 and she just said it's because of love, and that's mm. why. And I think that what an I think incredible that word. My when gosh, you're when you're gone. talking metaphysically, I think that it's it's uh, yeah. When you're, <laughs> when you're talking about that, I think I think love is an incredible piece of magic that we have in the world, and you, you know, starting to utilize it is yeah. is what will help us. And, yeah. and to be needed. honest, and to be honest, being a person, you know, in the human race, I think there's two things. Obviously, with the basic necessities and all that things, I think two things yes. everyone of Literally. every race, of every religion is after is love mm-hmm. and a sense of purpose yeah. that's literally yeah. after all the security like feeling safe all that stuff and then those two things uh, just to, just change to jump. people's lives just having a sense of purpose you know, you and watch, having like, bountiful love and you watch uh, think about someone that's evil or something like that i always tell people and i think also a lot of killings and a lot of sometimes stems from mm. mental issues and i always say it i said it before too a lack of love or misunderstanding mm. now all of these situations stem from these yeah cool yeah. things so when when I, even people that's listening to this right now i really want you to enc- i encourage you to say yeah. i love you to people that you actually love because you not doing that will literally again mm. give someone a lack of love yeah. or a lack of miss or uh, more misunderstanding 
And I feel like it is so, mm. so key because that literally runs in every situation. Every single decision, most decisions you make, an element of love is in it, literally. Mm. Yeah, the only yeah. unifying thing among all of us, we all experience. Ignore it. So yeah. it doesn't make sense for us to, you know, neglect it and ignore yeah. it. I know this is a random point and it's kind of still on topic, but I don't know if you saw, um, like, I think it was a year ago, there was a guy, a young boy in high school who tried to enter his school and do a mass shooting and then the teacher stopped him. Did you guys see this video? Mm -mm. So this is the thing. So the guy was coming in, I think he was maybe 15, 16, you know, the whole issue in America. And this black PE teacher saw him, recognized him. And instead of like... Oh, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Instead of shout or anything, he walked up to him. He's like, listen, I love you. I need to calm down. You're going to give me the gun. And he did just started hugging him and let him cry. And then he he like this uh, took off the gun Mm -hmm. from him, took it to another teacher. Mm -hmm. And he diffused the whole situation of what could have gone down all because he understood like some cat he knew he was lacking something and he was like the only way i can do this now is if i show him that there's someone out here that cares for him mm. and i don't know why it didn't get like Beautiful. spread like wildfire exactly. but that story i was just like oh my god literally Beautiful. anything yeah in the <laughs> world there was an episode yeah. in um do, have any of you guys watched the oa yeah i know okay th- so it's a very niche program. Um, it's very good. It, it's based in Russia. It's kind of you really have to think out. <laughs> you really have to think outside the box when you watch this. Okay. And it's about like life after death and coming back and angels and that. But it's in it. It absolutely it's an incredible, incredible, incredible. incredible. And the thing is, I, I remember posting up my story about a year ago, and there was a few people that messaged me and they were like, "Oh my god, I watched this in secret because <laughs> because it's it's so niche." Um, yeah. but there's an episode uh, just like that what you explained Salma I think it's in season 2 and yeah if anyone is interested in watching something different because you probably watch everything on Netflix look up for the OA um, and it will kind of just it will yeah it will just kind of let you think about you know life and but, how we see ourselves and how we see humans and yeah. I just wanted to rush up on that point, Iman, about, like, on what all of you guys said, really, about kind of positive language and, like, mm. uh, saying, you know, uh, speaking in a way that's uplifting. It, mm. I don't know if any yeah. of you guys watched the yeah. program 100 Humans on Netflix, but they just no. kind of do studies on humans. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's episode four in season one. Yeah. They do a, a test on, like, um, saying like positive affirmations to people and saying positive words when they you know when they're doing an activity or they're doing um, they give them like a challenge and mm-hmm. the people that they spoke with positively and they gave them positive feedback they done better when they tested them again and the people that they gave negative or were you know too critical with them they done worse significantly mm. and mm. when we're looking at kind of school education systems and i think especially with black boys and the, i have a statistic here as well black students mm. are three times more likely to be suspended than white students for similar interactions wow. and they make up 50 percent of all suspensions i don't agree with suspension oh i don't agree with exclusion same 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 same. um but i think it's so significant that when you're constantly being critical when you're constantly being negative and the statistics show Mm -hmm. that that is a clear system where teachers are prejudiced towards Mm -hmm. you know uh children of color and black children Mm -hmm. um 
Well, I got like if you... they're gonna do you know, yeah, like, definitely. A little bit imbalanced. It's the first thing that you offer them in school is slavery. It's the first thing that if they if they go within their fat, like it's laughable when you really think about yeah. it. Because if you go within, <laughs> like when you're young, you're young, their their heroes is their their um, parents, and go to school now, and the first time they get dealt with a representation of a black person mm. is because they're in chains. And and they don't even really go around and and defame yeah. the culture mm. of slavery. They don't really defame the thought process of how silly it is. They just say it happened. So therefore, it makes you believe. It, and it really and this is the thing. Just imagine, so like you really think about it. Within my school now, I maybe I think there may have been um, four or five people of color in the class at the time. I would say I was in a multicultural area, but at the time, that was the amount of people in the class. So therefore, um, I remember up to that point, I'd never experienced slavery. Mm. I, I, it always sticks out like a sore thumb in my head because I remember the feeling I felt. I remember me being who I was in school. Like I was confident. I was playing football, all that kind of stuff. I was athletics. I was, I was always, even jokes. I was always a jokey person. Now, in that day was one of the most indirectly embarrassing days for me ever because you couldn't even look at your white peers in the face anymore without them thinking oh i feel sorry for you we've just went and spent a whole they didn't even need to say it but i felt it because they spent a whole semester or whatever they call it in the term in the uk of talking about a black person being inferior we have imagery of factual moments of black people being in a mm, boat mm. bunched up against each other in inhumane controlled by these white people now up to that point when mm. we play football when we chill when we get to know each other we're not thinking about race we're not thinking about oh you're the black boy you're the white boy we're not thinking that or at least if we have been exposed to it it's mm. from external things but we don't really care about it when we're at school but then that was the first time where we literally looked at each other and probably thought oh and then, mm. and then that doesn't stick there. And then you get old into high school. That those just... things that you learnt when you were younger stays with you. So the kids that end up going down the bad route are the ones that then take on the mm. ideology. Oh no! But wait, you saying something to me? No, you're that black boy. Remember, you're remember you came from that element is stuck in them. So when they get older, that's mm. the kids that we watch. I remember made you think. Shout out to that picture, mm. amazing page. They they posted it up about um, those guys in I think it was Hertfordshire, who mm. standing shouting back at the Black Lives Matter people. Those are the people that are those kids back in those days. Yeah. They literally yeah, and mm. they have had they have had very little interaction with anyone from the black community. So all they've got is this kind of exactly. white white teacher who has told them that this is what's happened and this is their this is this is black history this is as far as it goes there, there wasn't black history before that mm. and they just kind of say that yes literally. so the atlantic literally. slave trade is like the beginning and then you have to of black civilization to <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. and it's and yeah. it's it's, it, like, it's crazy in reality in reality why is that the first thing oh i mean <laughs> yeah i mean White supremacy, fifth, fifth, they're, yeah. fifth, they're, they know. I mean, they're talking about something that happened in the 1900s. How much beauty, how like, rich our history is. How, so, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but before that, yeah. before yeah. that, the only thing that I was taught in my yeah. white school was the Battle of Hastings 1066. 
That's yeah. it. But it was it was on Amazing. my mum who put me in an Arabic oh, school wow. every Saturday, and my Arabic school was a Su- my Arabic mm-hmm. school was a Sudanese Arabic school. So there was a Moroccan one and there was a Sudanese Beautiful. one. And the reason why she put me in the Sudanese one is because she wanted me to learn African history. So from a mm-hmm. young age, I was very, very aware of African history, how rich it was, Berber mm. history, uh, North African history, Islamic history. Amazing. You know, I'm, I'm talking going back to like City of Babylon, Iraq. So mm. where I mm. where I was very aware of that, I went into my history lesson in secondary school very confident. And I knew mm. about, and I was very aware of, I was educated. So I was very aware from a young age. And my mum taught me from a young age that, look, this is not what they're going to teach um, you in school. But, um, and I um, think I've that this, it's though. not difficult me, for okay, parents to do that. Me and you it's very easy. To be in a position where we were refined in that way. I, don't get me wrong. I'm also someone that will say, no, you need to really raise your ch- children, like, intricately. I'm very big on that. But I will also say that you've also got a lot of people of colour that have the pressure of life. And sometimes when so much is going on in their life, they have two jobs and they have to hold down for their Mm. kids. So they don't even get to really speak to them. So when they are looking at school as an element of relief, like, okay, I'm actually giving you my children to you guys because I need that time so I can go out and work and sort out my life. So they even really got the time mm. to go and ask them. Oh, mm. So when you went to school, yeah. I want to know this so I can I can re-educate you. They haven't even got the time to do that because they're tired. So although we were privileged in that sense to be educated, so we can move yeah. on to educate more. There is I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. I feel like it's if not half or the slight majority of yeah. people that don't even have the time because of the strains they have in their life. Yeah. yeah, and if you Dangerous. and if you don't have that time, you're relying on your child to be strong enough and willed enough. And okay, so for right. example, bringing up with my mum, so my grandma, her yeah. mum was illiterate. So when she came to this country, she could only speak Spanish and Arabic. So she worked cleaning jobs, she worked in schools, two jobs, you know, on the go. And all she taught, all she knew was to put my mum in school. And, she, and that, you know, from a very young age, my mum had to learn how to fill in forms, you know, work. My, my grandma was the school dinner lady at my mum's school to kind of put it into perspective. So yeah. you can kind of already gist what how strong my mum had to be to go against people in her school. Because, you know, her mum mm-hmm. was the mum that was the dinner lady who couldn't speak proper English and wore the headscarf. So... Mm already yeah you kind of your child you either have to teach them at home or you have to just hope that your child is strong-willed enough to and of course it's dangerous yeah i agree oh gosh don't get me started black history yeah i agree which yeah. you don't uh, like. Which, we didn't, <laughs> there's no simple thing. I mean, me and Amanda, we, we went to the same school. We didn't guys, even learn Guys, from the very moment, from the very moment they spoke to us like about Black History Month, ago. they were Why disrespecting us. We we don't do that. We don't do no Black History Month. Yeah, you already knew. Yeah, exactly. Mm, and yeah. Not just, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of uh, like my experiences with like uh, with one of my Black friends in sixth form. So this is like when we were 18, 17, 18, right? we were she wanted to change her history class because her race her teacher was racist and um she went to go grab her stuff and he was like to her, oh why, why aren't you staying in class why aren't you staying in class just like stay and she was like you're racist and he was like oh, how am i racist i'm doing a whole lesson for you on black history month this is for you i'm doing this for you 
And I got so angry. I was like, we have to go say something to our, you know, our head of gear. When we went, he's a white man. And, and this is what we're fighting against. What he said. He was confused. <laughs> this is a yeah. I'm, do- I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Are you joking? Mate, they you don't should, believe. They don't be, believe. You should that be this doing it for you, my team. I mean, you know, it's beautiful. I said this before. It's beautiful in London right now because you, not just London, loads of places in the world where you've got amazing array of people from every culture that are joining together for this cause. But people are forgetting that the people that we're amongst are not the problem. Mm. We need to start going out to like. I'll say it again, people. I'm sure even down with LD and RBS, there's people that listen mm. that are aware of us from, from other parts outside of London. But I'll say this, and outside of London or Northern England, that a majority full of racists and they are, they are the problem. Though we need to march there and let yeah. how we feel. Because there's less of a problem, say, in London. But... You go yeah. to predominantly white places, they do not care about, they've ignored all of this yeah. stuff. This is, this has not been a movement to them. This is not, this has been a, a hindrance yeah, they to, listen their to, peace, Tommy. to their peace, ironically. Yeah. Mm. No. They can't wait for us to stop talking mm. so they can... You, and they can't wait to go back their, to normal. I'm pretty sure amongst their family right now, and in a lot of homes yeah. in Britain right now, yeah. they are seeing what they're seeing on the news on... Um, ITV and BBC because that's really that's where they believe everything especially in this country everyone seems to believe the newspapers and the TV but they are probably watching that going amongst their family again and I like to say this against Mm. amongst their family that they love that they're entitled to love again but they are saying stuff like oh look at this they're starting again look at them Mm. yeah yeah I saw um I've got a uh friend she's white and she posted the video of the police officer on the horse that fell off in the protest last week funny funny because I was actually at that protest and I was I saw the the police officer come off the horse which is tragic it was ironic that they were the ones that was charging but I'm just saying you know she's very tragic but I'm telling you now I mean, I, I'm telling I'm you now. I'm getting so sick and I'm, tired of people putting animals' lives above above humans', humans lives. lives. I'm telling about the whole. I'm telling you guys now. We was with a big speaker. We were singing "Black Eyed Peas." Where was the love? And I'm not even joking. I have the videos. Two seconds later, there's the about twenty mounted peas charging at people. What do you expect is going to happen? What do you expect? They were is probably the, scared. This is a stallion. <laughs> this is a stallion. Bear in mind, when that horse ran off, oh, man. when that horse ran off, he trampled over a black girl and I, I feel really bad for forgetting her name. Mm. I feel really bad for forgetting her name and she went to oh, uh, the hospital and there were some. I think she had lost her phone or her phone had broke and one of the police officers said to her, well, why don't you get your people to come and give you a new Sad. one? Sad. Sad. Yes. Why were you here in the first place? What? Yes. Yes. Honestly, I'm really When my really honestly, when I when I saw that interview with her and when I saw that that was that was said, given the sensitivity of what's going on, as a police officer, even if you are ra- a racist, and please send that video given to me. what's going on, would you not think, hmm, maybe at this point let me just shut my mouth? Mm. Are you? Are you? I will. Like, are you that stupid? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. you know, I mean, you're dumb you know, anyway for, you know before, for thinking what you think. But are you that stupid? Oh, this is when you're going to actually relate you know I mean? exactly to what my mum said to me too. 
But I, one of my lecturers one time said to me, I didn't learn much in university. I know I've got a degree. I don't feel like I learned a lot apart from realizing there was other cultures. And I feel like that's what I learned really about uni. But what I would say is one thing that my lecturer said that really stuck with me was when you realize human beings are stupid, mm. you will get through life much easier. And I can't lie to you. It really is. I almost expect this behavior from these people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, ex- I don't even it's hurt so when true. I hear these things. Because it's like, I know that that was there in them already. Like, they were ready to do something. What they feel inside is real hatred. But it's not, it's not hatred yeah. onto us because of who we are. It's hatred because of their own miscomings or, yeah. or what they haven't been able to do for themselves. So therefore, they're just an angry person. Like, I've always noticed, mm. I've noticed, I've been called, for the few stupid people that have, some jealousy um, that have been racist to me to my face not many and it often happens while they're running away but it's happened to me in a sense of i've noticed there's a certain common thing with them they say it and then they look at you for about two seconds to see whether you're bothered or not because they don't even believe what they're saying but yet they are only saying it as an external thing Mm. to make you feel something yeah i really want people to deep what that is They're not saying it because they actually believe it of you or they believe even what the concept is or whatever it is. If they say something racial towards Mm. you, they're just trying to make you feel Mm. low because it... Mm. Power. You hit it right on the head. Yeah. See your reaction. It's about power. Yeah, yeah. It's always power. It's all about power. And I've got to say this just before, just before, guys. Well, guys. You guys I'm saying I'm going to wrap this episode here. Let me just straight up and say that. I've been... I've loved what you guys have done from the very... (laughs) jump i am inspired to see what happens next with you guys but i fully have so much love for this podcast and i had to come on as you really if you really know me you know that i do not step out to say anything for any in any time i am so elusive (laughs) same as ld and rbs as well incredible content they've got on there we're happy to have you but yeah they've been given voices to you know kind of unsigned artists Mm -hmm. and underground artists and people who are just have that passion for art not necessarily just you know have have got clout for any type of reason look a certain type of way or just genuinely mm. have that love and have that passion and you can really see it mm. through so yeah. thank you, you it's true and guys yeah and you're 100% fully yeah. you're giving a voice yeah and it's you a black owned, amazing job. it's a black owned yeah. media platform so yeah you know. and guys to all the listeners out there sign every petition you see every single one yeah. you see whether it's on the education system whether it's on someone everyone sign because change is happening we can't yeah. lose this traction we have to keep it up it's not a trend this is it. Things are going to change. It's been long enough. Yeah. And as we said, life's too short. So if you've got someone in your life that you care about, make sure they know about it. Check on your people. You know, make sure you're okay with yourself. You know, don't be quiet. And please do follow our Instagram page at YP4Podcast and also follow Ty's page at LDNRBS. Thank you very much for listening. We hope to see you soon. Bye.